0: This is episode number 44 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review, tell your mom about it. Audition, side job, swimming upstream, believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hello, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here, your host for Living the Dream. My guest this week is the wonderfully talented, gorgeous, and very funny Amber Iman who I am so privileged to get to be in Hamilton, an American musical with. She plays the coveted roles of Peggy and Mariah. Peggy, the uh, third Skyler sister, and Peggy, as she is lovingly called. Uh, Amber has a wonderful career, such a young age, and already has lots of cool roles under her belt, including playing Nina Simone on Broadway in uh, Soul Doctor, with our good friend, Eric Anderson. I saw her do that. And then I also saw her in shuffle along, which was on Broadway last season when Hamilton opened at the same time with some of the greatest Broadway stars of all, all time. Um, Brian Stokes, Mitchell, and of course the great Audra McDonald, uh, it is such a pleasure to get to speak with her. We, we tried to have these conversations a few times, even while we were back in San Francisco, but th- things kept coming up. And, you know, we have a pretty grueling schedule. Everyone else has a lot more to do than I do, as I bring up many times on the podcast. So I'm so thankful when cast members of my show sit down and take the time in between our eight shows per week to have a conversation she has such a really amazing story because her mother's an actress. Her mother, who is a wonderful person, came to the opening in San Francisco and has been very supportive of her. Her parents are live in Atlanta, and she is an Atlanta girl through and through Georgia Peach, as she says. Um, but she has a very different perspective because her mother in Atlanta was making a living as an actress and knew the business from from that side of it. So she really got her start in Atlanta and she went to Howard University on a full ride. She's very smart, she's very uh she's very funny. <laughs> more importantly, and we have a really good time hanging out uh backstage and making each other laugh. Amber is a huge talent and will be a name that everyone on Broadway knows for many, many years to come. I'm so glad that I got to sit down with her and speak with her. Her voice is incredible, and uh, I hope that you all get a chance to see her perform this role. You certainly will see her perform many roles for years to come. Here's my conversation with the great Amber Iman. Lovely. And I think we're ready to go. Okie dokie! You feel good? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I'm ready to go. All right, Amber. Amber, thank you so much for being on Living Thanks the Dream. for
2: having me, Rory.
0: We've we've tried to make this happen a few times. Nineteen. 19. Yeah, I think last count was nineteen. Um, but we kept getting pushed because of, I, there was one time when we were in San Francisco and there was the meeting about yes. L.A. And yes. It's been a lot. Can you believe how much life we've lived?
2: A lot of life has been lived in the past couple of months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's surreal. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we just got into the rehearsal room in January in so many ways. And then yeah. in other ways, it feels like it's been a lifetime. It
2: literally has. San Francisco even feels like two lifetimes ago for me.
0: Yeah. And we've been here how long now?
2: Three months, maybe? Yeah. Or two and a half? Which is... Not even... That's crazy.
0: It's crazy. We got
2: here August, like, 10th.
0: Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's nuts. And this is your first time doing a tour, right?
2: Absolute first tour. Tour, first tour with a show,
0: right? Yes. Oh, right, right. Because you've right. done yes. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into all of it. <laughs> um, you play the wonderful roles of Peggy and Mariah, absolutely. And uh, I, I have something to admit. Please admit it. Peggy is my dream role, as it should be. Um, I know I could never do Mariah. We'd
2: have to do like some work sessions, we'd but you could get there.
0: <laughs> good. If it meant playing Peggy, I mm-hmm. could get there for Mariah. Yes, we could do it. But your Peggy, oh my. It is so, so delightful. Well, and you. I absolutely love how you are able to make the audience laugh laugh instantly instantly Mm -hmm. i'm down in my dressing room and every time every time and peggy it is like i hear the audience is with us thank you and i know that like you are the ambassador Mm. of this is a comedy too folks i like that and so when i come out yes you've like I already, paved the way. You paved the way. I got him ready, ready for that laugh. laugh. Absolutely. We, we need that laugh. Thank you. you know, like the show needs the laughs. I
2: like that. I'm going to start telling people I am the ambassador you of funny. You
0: Are the ambassador of funny, and then you switch it up in act two. Yes. And you are mm. sexy. Wow. Sultry. Mm. Just. I like where this so, is going. <laughs> so good. Thank you. And I, I've told you this story, and every time I'm, like, on stage with some one of your visitors or something, I always tell this story, because my husband's, husband and I are both obsessed with you, but he's... When he gets obsessed, you know, forget about it. That's all he's going to talk about. It's serious. And when he was sitting... When he first saw you in San Francisco, he was sitting next to his friend Allison, who's also loves Broadway, and you said, I know mm-hmm. you are a man of honor. That's good, right? And thank you. <laughs> I'm working on it for Peggy. Yeah. Um, and he grabbed Allison's leg. They just grabbed each other. They just had to hold on to each other. Because as soon as you started singing, they knew I appreciate they were it. going on a ride.
2: Thank you. You know?
0: And you have one of those voices Thank you. where it's unlike anything I've ever heard, not just on Broadway, but like. It's so unique, beautiful, and you know how to tell a story with it.
2: Thank you, I appreciate that. I
0: just, I, I just, it's a, a lot of uh, so many of the actors here get to play two roles, mm-hmm. and um, but a lot of them get a lot more material right. to show you both sides of those characters. Right. You do it like that. That's all I got. Hey,
2: got to give you a whole I person in four I lines. I
0: <laughs> That's all you got, mm-hmm. and you and you make so much. Of those moments, and I'm I'm blown away by your talent. Thank you. Um, but let's let's start at the very beginning. A very You're, a
2: good place to start. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. You're welcome.
0: Thank you very much. See, so versatile. Um, So you grew up in Atlanta? I did. Born and raised. Born and raised. Wow. To Georgia Peach. Georgia Peach. Southern Bale. And, I, and you had a vacation, which mm-hmm. you are so professional, and you were like one of the last people standing uh-huh. all taking Lone any Ranger. time off yep. and you took your vacation and you went home I surely did And that said so much to me because Mm -hmm. I was like, she loves her home. I do. She loves where she came from and how fantastic that is. And
2: it wasn't, I was, this was, this was be my first vacation. Never had a show that I could take a vacation. And I had like, I was like, I want to go to Jamaica. I want to go to all these places. And it just didn't work out. There was some financial crap that snuck up on me Uh and took the wind out of my sails. And then I was like, you know what? You can always go home and you're going to have fun. And I'm going to hug my mom and lay in the grass and eat chicken and I was like why was I trying to go to Jamaica let me go home it was such a good time I needed that yeah I really did
0: yeah you needed to reconnect rejuvenate right
2: eat some chicken (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta go home and eat chicken. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want some chicken from Atlanta right now, now that you said it. We're in between shows on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, that sounds really good right now. Really good. So you went home and you saw your mom?
2: Yes, and my dad.
0: And your dad? Yes. And your mom's an actress. Is your dad an actor?
2: My dad, no, because someone had to pay the bills. There
0: you go. So he there works you go. construction. Wow. Yes, like he is
2: a real, he's a real person with a real job.
0: I love And that. real so balance.
2: See, that's what we all yeah. need. Yes. Somebody who's sane in the house and can pay the bills. Yes. So yes, my mother's been an actress my whole life, never did anything else, never had a side gig, side job. She's I worked
0: a lot, though. She's worked a lot. And there's a lot of work in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. I've gone down there to do a movie before, like I couldn't believe it's so like much. Southern Hollywood.
2: Yeah. And like when I was little, like my mom did Forrest Gump, she did a lot yeah. of film and TV, she did a lot of theater, but she loved Atlanta because there's an airport and she could travel wherever. What was ha- she in for Gump? She was the Gump housekeeper. Wow, she's in like twelve scenes. It's amazing.
0: That's. Amazing.
2: I know <laughs> She did a lot of cool stuff when I was little. She yeah. did like Keenan and Kel was on Nickelodeon was really hot when I was a kid. And the great part about being an only child is we had an understanding that if I kept my grades up, I could go with her. Oh. So she would like pull me out of school and I got to travel and like meet like some of my favorite people in the world. It was right. great. Yeah. I had a very weird but fun childhood.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially because you got to be a part of. Of, of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. but not have to be in Hollywood Absolutely. and get to have a real life. Absolutely. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it was cool. What, uh, w- what did you take from seeing your mom working? Do you think that's why you are an actor or were there things where you were so like, So oh.
2: I tell the story because it's the truth. My first play, I was three years old. I went to Spelman College Nursery School uh-huh. and it was a black history play and of course it was going to be centered around Rosa Parks. Uh-huh. And my mother tells me that I walked up to my teacher and tapped her on her shin, because that's how small it was. And I told the lady that if she did not cast me as Rosa Parks, not only would I not be in the show, I would not come. Can you imagine a three-year-old telling somebody, I'm going to stay home. (laughs) And I'm going to watch my soaps and drink some
1: coffee. And I'm not
2: coming to this shit.
1: Oh, (laughs) my
0: God. So it's
2: not even that, like... I don't think my mother had influenced me at three. I literally think I popped out and knew that this was what I was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I've just been doing it forever. Right. And yeah I, that's just so weird to me. where would that come from in a three year old yeah well I
0: mean it makes <laughs> sense that, it makes sense to me that you would see that your mom does mm-hmm. it that it's like yeah. that's just like yeah. being an accountant like my yeah. mom was right. to you it was like oh that's just another job and, and that's I, the job I want I
2: think the great thing that I took from her and not being in Hollywood is like I saw the reality of this business yeah. I, I remember like we never went without but like I remember the days when like I couldn't get chicken nuggets from Wendy's because my mom was like I'm going to cook. You know, and like, I knew what that meant. I knew money's a little tight. Like, I saw my mom be unemployed. I knew what that looked like. I knew my mother, my dad had to go to work, like, every day. And he had to work very hard to make sure that we would be okay. And so I think that grounded me from a very early age. Like, kids at school were jealous because of the things that my mom did and the shows she did and who I got to meet. But, like, I knew what was really going on. And I think that made me appreciate, like, the art and the struggle and the hustle that was required. Yeah. So I think I had a very realistic vision of what being a performer was. Which
0: really it speaks even higher to how much you wanted your Absolutely. dream. Absolutely,
2: cuz I didn't want the there fame. There was no naive. It, exactly. To it, it wasn't about money and fame and that kind of stuff because in, in the like, my mommy really didn't have that yeah. in a way. Like, right. she was an artist, she was an actor, and that's right. what it was about. It was about the performing. It was about the the hard work. So I think that set me up very well at a good at a small age at a young right. age.
0: Yeah. Oh, it had to be the best education that you could have. Absolutely. To my mom knew nothing about this mm-hmm. business and was just like, "It sounds insane to me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
2: the kid at all the cast parties who was running around. You know, I was always in a rehearsal. Room room the only kid by myself really there were a couple of other actors in atlanta who had kids and it was f- it was so funny because like my mom would get cast in a show and i'd be wanting to see who else was in it, it was like are my friends are my friends going to oh, be there really? <laughs> so every now and then she would work with an actor who had kids and that would be fun yeah. and otherwise it would be me by myself on a set waiting in a rehearsal room waiting hanging out with 50 year olds hanging out with but some of the greatest actors in atlanta some of the greatest singers so i learned how to be in this business from like the Greats who you will never know who they are because yeah. it was they were in Atlanta, but they are some of the people who like shaped my life, my sound, right. what I love. I had a I was very fortunate yeah. when I look back. I had a very fortunate childhood.
0: I always love getting to do these conversations with actors after just meeting them a few months before mm-hmm. because that makes that explains so much to me about you. Yeah, you know, and the way that you operate in mm-hmm. this cast, you have a tremendous professional. Uh, way about yourself. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in the cast does. Yeah. You know, like, it's a very... For, especially for being so young. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you are an old soul. I'm
2: old as hell, Roy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I have that crown, literally. I have that crown. Okay, I'll give it okay? to you. You have it? But, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is, you are an old soul in that mm-hmm. you've been there. You've, yeah. you've been around. I've been around. And um, I think that it not only it not only benefits you and, and us because of the way that you, are, you, like, operate and the way that you hold yourself mm-hmm. and the way you're you're a leader and you are an amazing person in this company, but also on stage, mm-hmm. you know? I think that that, that really has given – that kind of is where your confidence and ease on a stage. It makes sense. I remember when we did the um, – the video for King George's birthday and I was like, okay, ladies, we've got five minutes to do this thing. Would you do it? And you were like, everyone was like last minute. I was like, Oh my God, we have to get like dressed. I was like, yes, I'm so sorry. We're going to do this thing. You literally got the premise of what I was like, you're going to be over it. You're going to be, and we're Mm going to sing happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to, you know, be, you know, King George and be weird about it. And you were like, I get it. Let's go. And it was one take. And, and like my my husband was like Amber's the funniest fucking thing in this, and you know? I was like yeah I know. I've been like trying to plan it and get everything together and Amber just goes like, in and she I knows know what exactly this is. what it is. I was like let's go let's go let's time do to it. do it. And you 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 get it, and mm-hmm. I think that that is what I'm getting at that because of your experience mm-hmm. as a kid seeing people put art up on a stage yeah. and seeing artists just do it, it yeah. really is informed.
1: Absolutely. Who you
0: are. So you did a lot of theater on your own. You didn't just go to, did you do theater as a kid? And a I did. I,
2: so my mom, being an actor, she had the sensibility to know she wanted me to make money.
1: Uh-huh.
0: so she
2: was like sure. she did not discourage me but she did not encourage me she kind of, she said okay just in case you do decide to be an actor I'm gonna put you in ballet in second grade I'm gonna make sure you're in every choir and every camp but you're also gonna be in math and science camp and you're right. gonna be in Girl Scouts and Toastmasters and everything right. so I have always been doing both right. my whole life when I was in, college, in high school I was in theater and advanced algebra trick wow. I was taking AP bio and AP calc and AP everything yeah. and also I wanted to teach I was teaching like she just made sure that all All the bases were covered so that by the time it came time to make a decision, I would be prepared either way. Wow. So yes, I was in every camp. I was in every, I was singing everywhere, every choir, every, all those things, but also doing my studies. Wow. Yeah. And? Because my full ride to college was academic. Was it? I was a National Merit Scholar. Like I had great SPSAT scores, SAT scores. You went to Howard. I went to Howard on a full ride. Wow. Yeah. So she was very smart in doing that. Because I don't know well, if there was... like a- you both were. Yes. I don't know if there was money set aside for college. Right. And I remember I- money just started pouring in. And I- I'm sure that was a big relief for her in knowing that I was going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I was a really
2: smart kid. Yeah. now I'm... <laughs> But at some point,
1: I was real smart.
0: <laughs> well, you are, you are very smart. Thank you. But I mean, yeah. like, that is that is a very unique thing f- for mm-hmm. a lot of actors. Because yeah. a lot of kids, once they get to high school and they start to realize that this is where they're going. Mm-hmm. My grades definitely suffered in high school. Understood. And I, I think, like, junior year, I was like, you know, I figured out that I can go to college mm-hmm. for acting. I'm just going to just worry about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Some other things were going on of with me in adolescence. Understood. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was disappointing girlfriends, yes. and you know, like all that stuff. So, but, but, um, for your mom and for you to mm-hmm. have a good sense to say, like, this is the time for you to get that great education yeah. and to be able to go to Howard. Now, Howard is has a great drama department, mm-hmm. but it isn't one of the um, conservatory type yes. training yes. schools, and uh, a lot of. I guess like about half of the people in, in the company here have gone mm-hmm. to something like a conservatory. Mm-hmm. What were the benefits to you of going to a Howard, a, a real university, having that real college experience? So
1: let
2: me tell you about my high school. It was predominantly white. Okay. And I was probably one of the only black girls in my theater program. Really. Yes, which was crazy because there was a theater program and there was a high school in Atlanta called Tri Cities that like all the black talented artist kids went to. Right. My mother had a friend who was a teacher there, and she said, "Don't send Amber here because she'll get lost in like the general population. Oh. She needs to be challenged." Because they knew I was really smart, right. so my mom sent me. Like I'm talking about, get on a bus every morning at six thirty to go to school. I lived on the south side; my high school was on the north side. It was wow. a struggle.
0: Was it a, pub- a public or a private? It
2: was a public. It became a charter school, but it was I a see. public, and it was a math and science magnet so that wow. was where i needed to go um wait what was what was the question you just asked my train of thought went out the window well,
0: i was saying asking oh. about going to a conservatory yes
2: so the thing about it was being the only black kid the school was more concerned with what the theater program looked like to their community i was called to my principal's office my senior year because <laughs> there was a community like a, a board meeting and they wanted to take a role from me. We were doing the boys from Syracuse. And I was playing one of the like, it was like three sisters, kind of like this show. And the hmm. role I was playing was a maid. I had just played one of the witches in Macbeth. Uh-huh. I had played like something else that was like a subservient role. They were concerned that the community would think that they would only class the little black girl to be like the maids. Right. So they were gonna put me in a different role, not because it fit my voice, not because it was a great role, so that they would look good in the community. Right. So going to Howard was like, I have been the black girl in my program for four years. I don't really know if I'm actually talented or if I'm getting roles because I'm the only black girl. So I needed to go somewhere where I competed with people who look like me. And I could get the idea of what it was like to be a real adult in theater. Right. So I, at the time, was very ignorant of those kind of schools I was like I want to go to NYU or Juilliard or Yale And my mom was like You need to go somewhere That's going to feed you yeah. And I didn't know What that meant And I started I never applied to college Because I was The, scho- uh, I, the scholarship program That I got Money just came at me right. So I never had to apply wow. But my mother was like You need to go to Howard You need to go And look at these schools You need to go somewhere That you're going to be A priority You don't want to repeat What just happened When you were in high school You want to get What you need right. So Howard was a decision Based off of High school was horrible, and the way they treated me and the way things happened, it was not an environment where growth and learning was going to happen for me, so I needed to go get fed, and Howard was that. Yeah. yeah, like, I can't say I made a decision based on the program. It was like, no, I've been the only black girl, and it's been really rough. Yeah. And I need to be surrounded by people who look like me and have the same backgrounds and understandings and have been the only black girls at all their schools. Right. We need to all come together and figure this shit out. Yeah. So that's what, what got me what, to Howard.
0: What did that do for you then in Howard when you were surrounded?
2: It was a surreal experience it was the first time I felt like I actually had to work for something like in high school I got the role because there was nobody else to play it so for those four years it was very confusing I didn't really know if I was talented I didn't really know if I should be an actor and I had a teacher who told me that my teacher told me she thought I was only in acting because my mother was an actor and she told me to take the summer off and and find myself
0: this in high school in high school I had a high
2: school teacher who almost derailed my whole career and she gave me this speech before my finals Like, I remember standing on that stage about to do my monologues being like, oh, my God, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And that summer, like, I went home and I told my mom and she was like, that woman doesn't know what she's talking about. And I went back to school that next semester and the sh- the show was Little Shop of Horrors, which naturally there was a role for me in. Yeah. So then all of a sudden she was convinced that I was an actor. And I was like, oh, I see what this is. Right. Okay. So my mother and I, we had talks about it. And she was like, yeah, you just need to go somewhere that's going to feed you. Yeah. And Howard just... I mean, I walked into school and saw people who looked like me and had similar experiences as me. And for the first time, I had to work. And I had to understand that this is what the rest of my life is going to be. It's going to be having to work and compete and hustle and struggle. Mm -hmm. And Howard was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Wow. It really shaped me. A lot of people don't know this. I didn't really start singing singing until I got to college. Really? I did not want to be a singer. In my mind, I wanted to sing background for Andy Irie and John Mayer because they, in high school, I would light candles and listen to them and be of sad. Course, of so course. So I wanted to travel too. the world and be sad with them. Yeah. My mom says when I was five, I told her I wanted to work in a jazz club. I wanted to wear sparkly gowns and drink scotch and sing jazz songs. I don't even know how I knew what scotch was. I don't. As a child, I was. But crazy. you knew
0: that's what you needed. I
2: needed to lay in a sparkly gown. <laughs> So singing, being on Broadway, I never had posters. I never was like, you're going to see my name in lights. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. I knew I wanted to like act, but I went to Howard thinking I was going to be a theater major. Right. I switched to musical theater because they said it was free because of my scholarship. Really? (laughs) Really. Wow. (laughs) I was not trying to be in music. I did not own any cast albums. I hated musical theater. Like I was such an odd human being. Right. And getting to Howard, I had a teacher whose name is Darius Smith. And he taught me voice. And it was funny because there was a teacher there who was the voice teacher who had been there for like 60 years. And he had a stroke. Darius graduated from Howard with a degree in musical theater composition. He went to NYU, got his master's. And when our old teacher had the stroke, he was like, oh, I'll come back and fill in until you guys find a replacement. And Darius stayed for 10 years. So he ended up, he actually taught me everything I know. My freshman year, he gave me Popular from Wick and I was like, I don't what the fuck is that? I don't wanna <laughs> sing that shit. He's like, Amber, trust me. He he was the one who was like, You're a soprano, you're not an alto, you're just lazy. You've been singing the bottom when you really have all this top and range. Wow. Darius like would make me sing songs and solos at places and I would hate him and my nerves was so bad, my voice would shake. I was a wreck, but he, he saw something in me and pushed me. And is he's literally responsible for me. Wow. For everything I know.
0: Has he gotten to see you perform? Yes. He's
2: the one I call when I need music plunked.
0: Nice. He's
2: the one I will give comps to to anything opening. Like he knows how I don't even, I don't know if he knows how big he was in my life, yeah. but he was huge.
0: That's amazing. You know, that's really what it takes. Mm -hmm. People always look for, like, the biggest school or, you know, something. It's usually just one person Mm -hmm. who can really help guide you. Yes. You know, I can pick, like, two or three people in my story. It's amazing. If they give you that kind of respect for Mm -hmm. your talent and guidance, nothing else really matters. Absolutely. You just have to put in the work.
2: That's it.
0: So you graduate from Howard. Mm -hmm. You have a great experience there. You've been challenged you don't go straight to New York City.
2: I do not, because everyone who had graduated ahead of me went straight to New York City and they were all working at Starbucks. And I said, well, I can work at Starbucks in Atlanta. (laughs) I don't know what the hell. (laughs) Well, and also you've seen your mom be an actress in Atlanta. Yes. And you're like, why
0: would I have to go there?
2: Right. And the thing was, I was like, I need to find out what all these kids did, I need to find the common denominator and not do that. (laughs) Like, but seriously, we all are all wrong. Right. And the thing was, no one had the sensibility of how to operate in the world as like a human being. Yeah. Like We all have our Capizio dance bags and our monologues and our 16 bars, but how are you a person? Like, how do you pay your bills? Nobody knew that part. Nobody
0: knows, that's the hardest part. It's the
2: hardest part. And I was like, I grew up in Atlanta. I know the Atlanta theater scene. Let me go back to Atlanta for two to three years. Let me get an agent. Let me save some money. Let me get some lines on my resume. So I stayed in D.C. because I went to Howard, stayed in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, for like a couple months and did some shows and then went back to Atlanta. And for two to three years, I did everything except save the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did some wacky crap. Like, I got my way into Stick Fly, which was an out-of-town Broadway tryout. Right. I did not know what that was. Wow. I just... I. <laughs> This the, this story this was should be before
0: it went to Broadway.
2: This story oh. should actually be a lifetime movie, but <laughs> I literally found, I read online that Stick Fly was happening. Uh-huh. I didn't have any money, so I went to Barnes and Noble, sat in Barnes and Nobles and read it and was like, I have to be in this. I found out it was being cast by Mel Cap, which was a casting agent in New York. Okay. I got the number and called and said, "Hi, my name is Amber Mon and I'd really like to audition for your play." That's how green I was. That's like I called Telsey yeah. and was like, "I want a audition." Well, it,
0: <laughs> it, you you just called up and said, no, "Here I am." I
2: literally called. I was in Atlanta. Wow. called New York and said, you need to see me because I'm amazing. The lady laughed at me and I called my mom. And I was like, mom, the lady laughed. Like, what do I do? Kenny Leon was directing it, who I've known since I was three years old. Oh. She said, call Kenny. I said, mom, that's cheating. She said, you're not asking him to hire you. You're asking him to get you in the room. Right. You still have to show up in the room, but you can't apologize for who you are and who you yeah. know. I called Kenny. He got me an audition. I don't know how I got a plane ticket to to, to New York. I don't know how I got there. I booked it. And did my first out-of-town Broadway trial and didn't know I was doing one. And I remember Kenny coming to me and be like, tonight is a very important night. Don't fuck it up. Everybody's here. And I was like, I don't know what this means, but I'm very excited.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> I, I guess what helped stick flag it to Broadway. Wow. But like Atlanta was a crazy time for me because I was just trying to work as much as I could. And I was mm-hmm. very fortunate. There were, not a, there were no black girls who could sing that were my age group at the time. So I was doing like five shows a year. I was working and working and working, and it was a great opportunity. But on the flip side of that, I got very comfortable. Yeah. And i was dating a boy at the time and he saw how comfortable i was getting Mm -hmm. i was living at home my mom was making three meals a day i was driving my jeep i was booked i was living the american dream and at the end of that third year he said if you don't go to new york now i'm going to break up with you Mm. because he knew that i was getting too comfortable and he knew that i was enjoying that lifestyle he was like if you don't go now you're not going to go no one wants to move to new york at 30 you know and start all over he's like you're 25 it's time to go and I said, you're right, it's time to go. And I moved to New York. I literally packed my Jeep. I had maybe, t- I didn't have any money. I hadn't saved any. Me and my mom drove 14 hours. January 6th, 2012. Wow. And I moved in and it, woo crazy.
0: Yeah. 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 It was nuts. What, what did it feel like when you first got there? Because it's so different from Atlanta.
2: It was crazy for me. It was the coldest cold I had ever felt. February
0: 6th. Not a good time.
2: Not a good time. And I, there was a roommate situation and he was crazy. Okay. And I, when I graduated from Howard, the year after, nobody in my class was still acting. Mm. So, like, the epitome of moving to New York by myself. I did not know anyone. I used to get up every day, take my laptop, and go to Ripley Greer. And I would sit there and use the Wi-Fi because the place that I was staying, I didn't have a TV or a wireless internet. Yeah. I would stay at Ripley Greer until they closed. I was reading plays, YouTubing things. I had an agent. Right. but I there was nowhere to go. There was no friends. There was no nothing. Right. The only thing I had was a friend had got me into Broadway Inspirational Voices, BIV Choir. Oh, And so I had a a, a calendar on my wall. And the only thing on the calendar was B.I.V., B.I.V., B.I.V. every Thursday. And I would look forward to going to B.I.V. just to be in a room with other people. And, I mean, Norm Lewis was in the choir. Lashans was in the choir. And I would sit there. I've been in New York for a week. And these are Tony winners who I've looked up to my whole life. They didn't know who I was. And I would just sit there, sing my little songs, and then go back home and wait for next Thursday. Like, it was depression, like, anxiety, like... Fear on another level. That that first couple of months yeah. in New York was crazy, but not even that bad. Move January sixth,
1: <laughs> it gets worse. It get- <laughs> and then it gets better.
2: I moved January sixth. I my first gig was singing background for Lauren Hill in Europe, which happened wow. in March. A friend of mine who I went to Howard with got pregnant and got to that eight-month mark where you can't fly anymore and was like, come take this job. And I was like, okay. I auditioned. I got it. And I went out of the country. But right before I went out of the country, I auditioned for Rent Off-Broadway. And they put me on hold. This was at New World Stages. This was at New World Stages. And they were like, we're putting you on hold until we finish up all these contract switchovers. I went to Europe with Lauren Hill. I came back. The next day, my agent was like, are you done with that? Can you go in for rent now? And I booked rent in May. So I moved in January and I was off Broadway in May. It
1: was literally,
2: like, it was the worst five months of my life. But I look back and I'm like, oh, God, you're crazy. That was so fast. Yeah,
0: yeah, I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying it was getting worse. No, it, like, immediately got better. I mean,
2: yeah, it was rough. But then it was like bam.
0: But the thing is is that when you move to a new city yes. or you do anything new that's scary, every minute every goes by second. so slowly because you're lonely, yes. you're exhausted, yes. you're scared, yes. and so you are just constantly aware oh my God. of your surroundings. It's like it's like now like we're saying it's going by so quickly. It's like we all know each other, mm-hmm. we know the show, we know what we're doing mm-hmm. and it's just going by faster and faster. Yeah. But to take a chance like that. I mean, I remember my first. I was my first month in New York City. I didn't have a place to live. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh, and I, my first Broadway show was within a month yes. of being there. And I re- remember that month before as being like the scariest time it's the ever, worst yeah, time of yeah. my life. But you look back at and you're like, wow. Shut up. You I tell myself to shut like, up. Why do you? Why would you think that was so? Oh my Scary, goodness. but when you're in it, it's it, it when you don't know there's yes. an end date.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, the fear. The days when
2: I had five dollars and it was either go to the audition or eat. Yeah. Like I will never forget those days. Right. You know what I'm saying? I will yeah. never forget being at Ripley for twelve hours because I had nowhere else to go. Right. And it was too cold to be outside.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, no offense to Ripley. No Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the that those
0: rocking chairs.
2: Like my butt was oh my, imprinted in those
0: rocking rock chairs. chairs. Oh my God. Um okay, so you so you do rent off mm-hmm. Broadway. And had you done any other touring with, with so the Lauren Hill fan that was just Lauren kind Hill- of mm-hmm. like, wow. Okay. So you come back, you do Rent Off Broadway. Yes. And how was that experience? It was
2: amazing. It was, was it? I didn't even understand what was going on. That was my first time being put into a show that was already up and running. Sure. I remember showing up to my first day of rehearsal and it was just a dance captain. I was like, I don't understand. Where is it? It Does not compute. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It was a crazy, crazy time, but... So much fun! Yeah. I remember even during then, like sublets would run out of time, and I'm I remember sleeping in the theater a couple nights because I was like between sublets and didn't have a friend to call and was like embarrassed to ask somebody in the cast. Yeah. And I was like, "There's a shower, there's Wi-Fi. They lock the doors at night. I'm safe. I lived in the theater for a couple days.
0: Did anyone know?
2: Nope. Wow. Never knew. Like I would always like go out and like leave and like bye guys, and I wait for them to leave and I'd like slip back in the dressing room
0: and just sleep there. Okay, Amber, I know you're fine here, but I'm going to start <laughs> checking your dressing room before I leave. You can always stay at my place, okay? For God's <laughs> sakes. Like, I was I
2: was employed, but still figuring it out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think we, I, I got hired in May, and that show ended in September, mm-hmm. and there was a month of scary I worked, my best friend was like a production manager coordinator at BET. Mm. And I worked on, I like did production, whatever she needed. I was just a PA. And I remember a humbling experience for me was there's a show that they do called Black Girls Rocked, and I work as like a talent liaison. Basically, whatever any talent people needed, I had to get. Right. And like, I heard from a lot of people that they thought I was the best talent liaison. I was like, because I'm used to being the talent. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not to be yeah. a bitch, but it's like, right. I know that when Tracy Ellis Ross gets to her dressing room, she wants hot tea, she wants water, she wants fruit, she wants to lay down. Right. So I would have all those things set up. Yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah, I'm literally getting people coffee when people are usually getting me coffee. Yeah. But it was a very humbling experience for I'm me. Sure. Like, you remember where you came from, remember where you are, and remember where you're going. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I remember it was a very bad blizzard or something. It was a very bad storm. And I was working production and I had one of those days where I like went in the bathroom and like cried for like two hours because I was I was like filing papers and like doing really crazy work that I did not want to do. And mind you, I've been in New York like eight months, but my life is over.
1: Mm -hmm. And I
2: remember getting a call that an actress had dropped out of a show at um, New York Theatre Workshop. She had dropped out in tech. Mm-hmm. and the audition was like, right now, could I get to New York Theater Workshop? And if I booked it, I would start rehearsal at 3 o'clock. And, like, in the bathroom thinking the world was over, and my agent was like, can you get to New York Theater Workshop? Right. <laughs> can you get there? And right. I was like, oh, maybe this is why I need to stop crying and get out of the bathroom. Yeah. Because the universe God, if somebody knew, she's about to, like, fall off a cliff, let me scoop her back up. And so I had one month, one bad chunk, and then went right back to Off-Broadway. Wow. in a Civil War Christmas with right. Tina Landau who God love her. She changed my life wow. and really believed in me and it was like at the right time right before I was about to be like oh God what is the world what am I doing scoop me right back up again. I, I have this thing in life where it's like I like fall all the way to the bottom of the mm-hmm. ground of the mm-hmm. earth sure, and sure. then like I go through hell and high water right, right, right. and then I get scooped right back up. It's right. just how my life works.
0: I mean it's 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 your life and it's also like what
1: this mm-hmm. industry
0: is mm-hmm. and i think that people on the outside don't hear about those Ooh. low valleys and that's why i'm that's why i started this yes it's because it's so important for all of us to talk about those peaks and valleys, valleys. especially when you're in hamilton and you're putting stuff out on social media and it's like that yeah, yeah, instagram yeah, yeah, life yeah, looks instagram real good it's all good mm-hmm. and you know i've i've applaud you because I feel like you on Twitter you've put stuff out there and been like sometimes, sometimes I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. sometimes it's not good mm-hmm. and I just have to be honest about that Yeah, you know and I think that it's not about avoiding those bad times no. it's about learning how to go through them with your pride yes. and dignity
1: intact if and, you and
0: can. to not and to not panic yeah to know that everything is momentary yes that Hamilton is momentary. But we will a moment. all be done. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should all enjoy this because it's gonna go away. Yes, and even when it's exhausting, yes. and it, it's it will be gone one mm-hmm. day. And hopefully, we'll <laughs> just look back with with fondness. But um, you were put into another off Broadway show. You have a run. Mm-hmm. What What happened after that? Because that's I mean, when
2: it got real bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
2: there was a show on Broadway called A Night with Janis Joplin. Yes, it closed on Broadway. To reopen Off-Broadway at the Grand Mercy Theater. Okay, okay. I was cast to be in that production. Rehearsals, we're in tech. Yeah. We're about to do our final dress rehearsal. We are beat. We're in our costumes. We're in mics. I'm so excited. It's going to be our first dress rehearsal. I'm very, very excited. We get called to the stage for a meeting. I'm like, oh my God, this is exciting. My first meeting at this. We got called upstairs for the producers to say we would not be opening. We would not be doing a dress rehearsal. We were closing right then. Oh. Please pack your bags and get out of the theater. Do not come back to the theater tomorrow. Pack all of your stuff. Here are boxes from Home Depot. If you need boxes <laughs> or bags. I didn't... We did not open. We did not do previews. Wait. We, yes. What? Yes. Nobody... A lot of people don't know about this. We were at the Gramercy Theater. Yeah. And we got our closing notice before our first dress rehearsal. So to go from... Off Broadway mm-hmm. to Off Broadway mm-hmm. to oh I thought no. no and I I mean devastation
0: yeah. like complete
2: because I didn't know this was possible like I didn't know this was a thing
0: right. you know that happened to me and that's my story absolutely here. But, it, but we weren't yeah at like the final dress we rehearsal. were there. That's really. It was scary,
2: and I remember we we packed up all our stuff. We went down the street to Dallas BBQ, and we had as you do, as you do, as one does. And I remember the waitress she came to the table, took our orders, and came back with cupcakes because she was like, "I don't know what's going on, but you guys look really sad," and I thought you all could use some
0: cupcakes. God bless Dallas (laughs) Barbecue. I mean,
2: we were sitting in there with our like our caboodles of makeup, and like still had our faces beat like. We were supposed to be doing a dress rehearsal, and we are unemployed. After that, I had probably a breakdown. And did I, they say
0: what happened? Did it was it just they an didn't investor? market it? There
2: was no money. All the producers backed out. At wow. The, yeah. And the funny thing was that day we did like a dry run through. They knew we were closing. They were waiting for the producers to get off the planes because the producers were flying from California to come tell us. So they let us do a whole run in our clothes. Rory, when we were at the theater that morning, there were all these people in the theater who were just standing around waiting. They were waiting to strike the set, but they couldn't tell us, so we were like, all these strangers are here hanging out. Oh, is we're so excited, no, they were just waiting on our dumbasses to find God. out <laughs> oh,
1: worst day
2: of my life my God. so after that, I was I had hit rock bottom, okay, and so that was I think March. I went home to Atlanta. This is how bad it was, Rory. I, um, <laughs> my mom came up, I don't know what was happening, but my mom came up to New York and I was like, oh mom, I'll drive home with you. Like I'll just to keep her awake. Cause my mom loves to do these drives. Mm. I was going to just drive home to Atlanta with her and come back. Like that next weekend I stayed a month. Like I went home, yeah. I was done and I came back to New York, maybe a week or two. And I went back to Atlanta and This is when, of course, fall to get picked back up again. Mm -hmm. My agents called me. There was something called Soul Doctor, and there was this Nina Simone thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing New York right now. I don't have anything for you. I can't do it. I had a friend in Atlanta who was doing a one-night-only Frankie Lyman show in Augusta at the James Brown Theater. All right. And I was very excited about the prospect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And literally, while I'm in Augusta, Georgia, which is like Podunk, one One light town You know They don't even have a Starbucks He was like Can you please get on a plane And come to New York To do a call back For this soul doctor crap I can't I'm doing a one-night-only show. There's no understanding. I'm in Augusta. I'm E&E. in Augusta. There's no planes. There's, There's no, no tr- Starbucks. There's no Starbucks. <laughs> he said, Amber, the people really want to see you. Can you please get here? I looked at the plane tickets. They would have been $1,200. There were only two planes that left from Augusta <laughs> that would. I would have to fly to Atlanta to fly yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impossible. Like, just the worst time in my life. And I was like, God, what is this? Yeah. Like, there's supposedly a callback for a Broadway show. I'm in Augusta. I'm so depressed. I can't even try to figure this thing out. I don't I don't want to do anything. Like I was at the bottom and my agent called me back and was like, "What if they see you next week? Can you can you take some time and get back to New York?" And I said, "Give me a week to lay in the grass and eat some chicken." <coughs> and I got back to New York and I booked my first Broadway show. Wow. It it was I mean, just every, literally every single time I fall all the way to the bottom. It's mm-hmm. some life-changing, life-threatening, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Right. And then right in the, like, last second, there's light. Yeah. And I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Craziness. And then you go into that show. Yeah. And it was a circle in the square. I mm-hmm. saw you in it. You mm-hmm. were phenomenal. Thank you. With our buddy Eric, Eric Anderson. Good
2: old Eric Anderson.
0: Um, You got to play... Nina Simone
2: which was crazy
0: and so uh, were you uh, a big fan of her how well did you know her before you had school?
2: I knew what most people know I knew uh, I put a spell on you I knew feeling good but sure. I didn't really know Nina sure. and my favorite part of this story is Indy Irie was Nina Simone and she w- had been for years and had been taking acting classes and had done workshops, but was releasing an album. So when I auditioned, I was auditioning to stand by because she was only going to do four or five shows a week. So I was auditioning with that mindset of, okay, I've never been to stand by. I don't know what that is, but this will be cool. What I didn't know is India had dropped out months prior. And they didn't want to tell people because if you tell people your star is gone, they get very nervous. Sure. So the whole time I was auditioning, I was auditioning to be Nina Simone didn't know it like oh, to be done wow. yeah yeah, home, yeah right and i remember the day i i was like the final callback and it was a horrible day for me raining my agents called to say all you're doing is reading it's just a final callback to read with the eric anderson
1: yeah. and
2: i was like oh, okay got up at eight o'clock in the morning didn't warm up because i'm reading yeah that's what they told me, yeah. I get off the elevator at Playwright's Horizon and I hear this woman belting for her life <laughs> when I tell you she was singing for the blood of Christ <laughs> and everything she stood for, and I went, oh shit, <laughs> Rory, I went in I the bathroom it. and I did like this. Ah! Okay, that's it. That's all I got. There's no time because I'm next. I can't warm up. I just need to see if I... I ha, ha, ha. See what you got I there. was literally... See what you have to work with. Barking like a dog. Yeah. I went in that room. D- they made me sing every song I knew. I had to play the piano. I sing every song. I did scenes with Eric. It was... I was in there an hour. But didn't... Rehearsal was starting the next day. Mind you, I still think I'm standing by. So I don't understand. Why are they doing so much? I did everything... Under the sun, they even were like, "We just want to play some music and see how you can interact with the crowd." I was like, "What? I'm a hype man!"
1: (laughs) Like the
2: craziest audition process of my life.
0: I mean, it's so funny because sometimes they they oh, it's either they tell you you're going to have to do all this material, Mm -hmm. and you go in and do one
2: One scene, yes, one
0: scene. (laughs) Or they're like, oh, it's just this one thing, and, and then you're there forever, and you have to like yes, do your monologue yes, from when you were three years old. Three, your Rosa Parks yes, monologue. Yes. They said,
2: Do you play the piano? I was like, I played like three songs. Could you play those three songs? I played them in third grade, but okay. And can you imagine me like sweating oh bullets God. sitting at a piano trying to play, like, I am Nina Simone? Yeah. It was the most craziest day of my life. Wow. And I remember my agent calling me. I went to see Hangover 3 at the movie theater because <laughs> I was like, this will be the longest couple hours of my life waiting on the call that I didn't book this. Uh-huh. So I need to do something mindless. I went to the theater. I got the nachos and the Slurpee and the popcorn. I the took my shoes off. I had my socks on. I spread out a whole aisle because there was no one there with me. Yeah, And my phone rang and I was like, oh, here's this shit. I left all my shit, all my food, all my everything. I'm in the theater. Theater, AMC Theater on 42nd Street that one you know where no that why, one is no, I know and well. I'm on the phone and my agent was like how did it go and I was like hey it was it was sucked he was like oh, okay so I mean are you ready to be on Broadway and I ran like I'm running screaming in these people's theater so he calls me back five hours later and says are you sitting down and I was like you called me at two to tell me I was on Broadway. Why do I need to sit down? Am yeah, I off Broadway?, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and
2: he was like, "No, Nina Simone dropped out like you are Nina Simone. like do you know what that means? Like you're principal number two, like you're starring on Broadway. Right. do you have a dress? like are you, you ready for do we need to send a car for you? and the the crazy part was I had no money and didn't even know how I was going to rehearsal. My agent had to like I don't know what he did, but like he sent someone to send me a Metro card. Wow. Because I had no money to get to rehearsal. Wow! Like I had spent all my money on those nachos and popcorn.
0: <laughs> Hangover three. Hangover three had the last of your, that, of your money.
2: That was how crazy that process was for me. Wow! Like my when I had to say my life changed overnight, like I really genuinely mean it. Yeah. Overnight.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and because you, the show had been around for a while, mm-hmm. but this was going into the Broadway yes. run, right? Yes. And um, it was it it had so many great elements to mm-hmm. the show, but. Obviously, my favorite part was when when you or Eric were on stage, yeah. and especially the dynamic between yeah. the two of you. But when you would sit down at the piano, mm-hmm. and when you would sing, I was like, who is she? Thank you. Who is she? I remember running into you at a Broadway Cares event, mm. and I was like, you are amazing. <laughs> you were so fantastic. Thank you. And the the show had, had a pretty decent run. It didn't run as long as it you would hope for it to run.
2: 99 shows. Oh, that's right. Oh, my what God. was my 99.
0: The first 99. 99. <laughs> because when you hit 100 shows in mm-hmm. Hamilton, I remember we were in rehearsals and you were like, I just want a show to run for 100, 100. performances. I just want 100. I just want 100. I want a cake. I want a cake. 100. hundred. Because your two Broadway shows. Yes. Uh, uh, Soul, Doctors, Soul, Soul Doctor is 99. Soul and Shuffle, shuffle along, along. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Two shows at 99. Can't get to 100. You're well over 100 Ah, uh, honey.
2: honey, I'm sitting in this
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> All the cake you want um so but it, so it's comes to show 99 mm-hmm. it, at least it's not open or uh before your dress rehearsal yes. you have some kind of time to process yes. it you've at least made a splash on broadway yes. you stood out you were so good in that show and a Thank lot of people you. got to see you do it so Thank it gave you. you like a name yeah all of a sudden in new york yeah so it it closes
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, obviously that must have been very difficult as mm-hmm. well but what was your experience after that hell Hell, hell and damnation. Right. Right, we're back into a valley. We're back into. I back mean, in a valley, dropped right off that swoop.
2: because all I knew was what was happening around me. All my yeah. other friends do a Broadway show and they're the star in, it and then they get a Tony nomination, and then they're on television, and then they get married and have beautiful kids in a house. So right. I was waiting on all You're of that dumb. to happen. Sure, and none of that should happen. Right. And I, I literally went from 2013 starring on Broadway. 2014, I worked for eight weeks, lost my health insurance. Like I oh. feel. All the way off, and I was so confused. I was looking at my agents. I got dropped by my agents. Like so many things happened, and I didn't understand. I was like, "What did I do wrong?"
0: Mm -hmm. There was you got dropped by your agents after Soul Doctor, absolutely. So, um, let's pause on that for Mm -hmm. a second because I think a lot of people sometimes people have been asking me a lot about like agents and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't usually like get into the the, like nuts and bolts of business. I like Mm -hmm. to have a conversation, but. Agents are a very interesting part of this. Very, um, you need them mm-hmm. to get into a lot of rooms, mm-hmm. but they also can't like get you anything. Absolutely, you have to get it yourself. yourself. Um, many times, people think, "Oh, if you're on Broadway, if you've been on Broadway, you can be represented by anybody." Nope. But it's it's not the case. Does that is not that's work happened like that. many times mm-hmm. with people. So you're in a situation where you don't have representation, mm-hmm. and you've just had something happened that you thought was going to be the first rung on a ladder Absolutely. that you would just keep climbing up. Absolutely. It's taken away. Yes. What, what did you do?
2: I was petrified. I I remember that day they dropped me and I remember crying for an hour. Like yeah. li- like just because it was like, what else bad can happen to me? Sure. I am completely unemployed. I have no money. And what people don't, another thing people don't understand about Broadway is they are like, oh, you have all this money now. And it's like the first couple checks you're paying the crap you couldn't pay for for a year sure. like you don't make money unless your show runs at least a year yeah. that's when you like in start saving yeah so i had done soul doctor for three months i had no money no, no. i had no anything so then my agents dropped me i didn't even know what that meant right. i remember crying and then i pulled myself together and i called an actor friend of mine and i said what do you do mm-hmm. and he said who do you have casting People who love you. It's like you have to tap into your resources. And I had a friend who I love till heaven and hell burns and (laughs) Andrew Feminella at telsey And I text him and I was like, I don't know what is happening right now. My agents just dropped me. I am, I've hit rock bottom. And he was like, Who? They're crazy. Send me your shit. I'll take care of this. And I was about to start a workshop for a show and I sent him my stuff, not really knowing what was gonna happen or anything. Um, just glad to like get out of the house and have a reason to wake up in the morning. And he texted me three days later and said the following eight agencies want to meet with you. And I was like, what do you even mean? And it took me a while to like meet with all the people and so there were it was like a month or two where I had no representation and I had to be my own agent. Right. And I mean, like, I'm calling and trying to, like, schedule my own callbacks and auditions and trying to get my own stuff. It was a very humbling time for me.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was so grateful that i at least had andrew to kind of help guide me but it was i mean i felt like i was blacklisted i felt like i would never work again i felt like you know that agent was going to tell all the other agents that i was a horrible person i didn't know what was going to happen
1: right.
0: and it was
2: a very hard time
0: yeah it really was it's very scary it was a very scary it's time. very hard because you don't have a lot of control over no. things in this industry you don't
2: even have control when you have an agent when it,
0: yes absolutely so when you, you have a job when you, yeah it's 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 you have to just kind of roll with the punches and mm-hmm. see what happens. But you, so you meet with all these agents, mm-hmm. you find someone to work with. Yes. And so we're, when you said that you were a part of a workshop, was that Shuffle Along? That or? was
2: Witness Uganda.
0: Oh, yes. That was Witness
2: Uganda. I had met Matt and Griff. A lot of, yeah. I first auditioned for Witness Uganda in 2013, right when I was um, doing Soul Doctor. And the timing didn't work out and I wasn't able to do it. But Matt and Griff were like fans of mine for so long That's that they so were great. like, can we, whenever we can, we want to work with you. Yeah. And so, it just so happened to the timing of that. That was a workshop I was about to do.
0: Wow. Yeah. Which I loved. Love. Like Miss Yagana. Love. So beautiful. Was that a knock at the door? Come on and in. Yep. Delivery. I special delivery. Special
1: delivery for our For tonight's delivery. show. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Everyone, I was just delivering my underwear.
0: Thank Here you. Here it is. You're welcome. Fresh and clean for tonight. <laughs> 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 there know We've had many laundry deliveries on Living the Dream. Um, uh, okay, so you get you get an agent again, mm-hmm. and, and when how did Shuffle Along come about?
2: So great part about that was right before I got the agent, I had a great time. I got cast in Man of La Mancha, oh. went to DC, and did it at the Shakespeare Theater, played Aldonza probably the greatest most satisfying role so far
0: yeah just that. like oh, oh you would be so yeah. good oh, it at was at so that. good i love that show. i had a
2: blast just I being the lady who did you do it with um anthony warlow
0: Australian oh, okay. sensation, Anthony Warlow, oh, okay. who,
2: oh God, it was, it was a great time. And we got extended like 17 times. It was the most, the most grossing show that Shakespeare theater had had in its existence. Wow. It was a great time. And it was like the 50th anniversary and they they were kind of eyes on us to bring us back. Sure. So we were trying to figure out if that was a thing. I didn't even care. I was just glad to have a role, yeah. to have money again, to have health insurance. Yeah. Like, it, oh, it just picked me up. From Isn't it
0: funny how, like, when you're a kid, you never realize how much health insurance you don't be a part even of your know dream. what the heck it is. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it, I mean, when you have health insurance yeah. as an actor, yeah, you really feel like this is my dream. I, I want to get
2: the flu and I want to catch chlamydia. I want to catch all <laughs> the things right now because guess what? I can go
1: to the
0: doctor. That's right.
2: That's now, right. okay, so that's done. You know what that means? I'm falling off the cliff again. right?
0: Right, <laughs> right, right, right.
2: So. Literally finished Manila Mancha. I'm on the train, Amtrak, get back to New York. I check my mail, get back to my apartment, which I've been subletting. Open the mailbox, there are eviction notices. I had sublet my apartment to a woman who lied about paying the rent. She paid the first month, saw what the receipt looks like, and was forging receipts and sending them back to me. Oh my so God. I thought she was paying the rent. I went immediately to the management office. I owed... So much money that I literally took all the money that I had saved from my four months in DC and gave it to them right there. Oh my I left God, I the management office with $27. <sighs> and it was May 1st, and I needed to pay May 1st rent. Oh my God. I. That was. I used, said something else was the most depressing, devastating. No, sure. that was it. Yeah. Because I felt like I had been raped. Like yeah. literally, you lived in my home and you have stolen from me.
0: Yeah. I. Did you know that person or was this... A
2: friend through a friend of a friend. But this was a 50-year-old woman who was like a chef in Manhattan. So I was like, well, she's not an actor. She has kids. She's not going to scam me. Scammed you. So May 1st, I have $0. And I am devastated beyond belief. So where do I go? Atlanta. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went home. Get some chicken. Got some chicken. My... A year prior, I saw that Shuffle Along was a thing. I saw that Audra McDonald was doing something with George C. Wolfe. It didn't even have a name. Mm -hmm. And I still have the email where I send my email to my agent and I said, I don't know what this is, but it's Audra McDonald and I need to do it and I need to be in it. Yeah. And Memorial Day weekend, he was like, so there's a Shuffle Along audition. Can you get your ass back to New York? Wow. And I got back to New York and I auditioned for Shuffle Along and I booked that.
0: Oh, man. That was an amazing show. It was, and it could tell that it was put together with such love and care mm-hmm. from everyone. Every, not side. just like every actor was giving so much of themselves, Absolutely. and you were two different characters yeah. in each act. Again, started
2: off as nine that got cut to seven that got cut to five. Yeah, right. Yes.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I mean, I know you guys worked so, so hard on yeah. that because it was a quote unquote revival, yes. but it was also being told the story of the show. Yes, It was a very unique thing. Yes. I don't know. I can't recall any other show being that, done, done like that, that. Mm-hmm. but it was the best way to
1: yeah.
0: bring that show back and oh. tell the story of the show happening. Um, what was it like to work with? Like, all of those legends in one room. I
2: mean, I practiced the morning of my first day. Because we did two workshops prior. Yeah. I practiced how I would introduce myself to Audra McDonald. Because I had to prepare my mind, body, and spirit. Because Audra is the queen of America, of the world. And I mean, I, I... I just remember being in awe and trying to figure out why I was in the room <laughs> yeah. with these legends. We we called it the black, somebody called it the black legends ball because it was literally every black Broadway yeah. star that I ever wanted to work with in yeah. the same show. Savion yeah. and George and Audra and Billy and Brandon and Joshua. It yeah. was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Oh, I
0: can only. And decide.
2: scary as hell. Yeah. Because I was like, they're going to fire me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because,
2: yeah. I mean everyone is amazing and I was just so just really honored
0: It is hard when you walk into a room like that and you have to perform not to constantly feel like there's been a mistake Why yes. am I here? Yes. How do you work through that? How do you I got th-
2: the first introduction of that was with Soul Doctor yeah. knowing that it was in I right. remember talking to castmates like two or three months later They thought I was evil because mm-hmm. the first week I didn't talk to anyone because I was so afraid. I right. literally thought, like, I'm I'm saying it in jest now, but I literally thought they were going to come back and be like, actually, India said, she's back, so yeah, we don't yeah, need yeah, you anymore, yeah. thank you. There was a fear, but it was like a healthy fear.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and it caused me to just be focused. Yeah. Like, when I was doing Soul Doctor, I was like, let me focus on the task at hand. Let me do all my research. Let me show up to work prepared. Um, I had to constantly tell myself you and something I learned from Audra you got this job so stop auditioning
1: Hmm. like that's what
2: I was doing in the room was like auditioning and I was like you're here like breathe like be in the room be 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 present Um, so yeah it, it was just reminding myself that I earned this, yeah. and I worked for it, and I got it, so enjoy it. Yeah, Just constant pep talks, constantly reminding myself that I am worthy and am enough yeah. to be in the room. Um, and once I got over that, it finally allowed me to like breathe and enjoy an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Instead of being like scared, <laughs> Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, but it's hard. It's, it's it, very it, it takes, hard. It takes time, and it takes a couple of you know. Be, you were probably able to enjoy shuffle along because of your soul doctor yes. experience, because you already had learned how to walk through that yes. fear. Yes, yeah.
2: and and manage it and really and then like get moments to like talk to Audra and talk to Stokes and like chat with them and learn about their valleys Yeah, you know I mean I remember a day sitting next to Audra and she like really opened up and I was like wow just she put it into put everything into perspective for me in a way that I was like we are too different, you and I. Yeah. I mean, you have six Tonys, but yeah,
0: yeah, we are—we're kind of similar. Superhuman. You know
2: what I mean? It yeah. just really—that was an opportunity that I, I won't soon forget.
0: Yeah, I have. Um, I was obsessed with Audra, as I still am. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all are. But when I was a uh, senior in high school, I went to go see Ragtime, yes. and I waited for at the stage door, and I pushed past the barriers. You know how we have the barriers yes. out here? I think about this every time I go to the stage door inside autographs. I don't know what happened if there was like a hole. I wasn't that pushy of a kid. I went right up to her and I have a picture with her where I'm oh like literally grabbing goodness. her and I can see her arm is, is like kind of away from me. Kind of like she's <laughs> scared. She's, she's smiling. Yes. She's lovely. But the we'll rest care. of her body's ready to run yes. if necessary from this... Very awkward, chubby gay boy from Ohio. (laughs) She's attacking her. And and it is the most beautiful thing. And then I met her a second time. I went to a concert of hers, and she signed it for me. And I sent her, I gave her a letter Mm -hmm. saying, it's my dream to be on a stage with you one day. And I haven't had that. I've, You know, I've gotten to meet her so many times, yes. and I've shown her the picture, yes. but I haven't been able to be on a stage with her uh-huh. yet. Actually, I w- w- she's such an amazing advocate for everything. Everything. But she has, for marriage equality, she was the first person yes. who was there for the gay community. Yes, she was. And um, we did a rally uh, that Broadway Impact, the group that I started with, Gavin Creel, and she was the first person to sign on to do it, and she wow. gave a speech. I uh, was there and introduced her, and I stayed on the stage while she gave the speech. Oh, so I was like, this is my dream come I true, you day. know? Yeah. You know, like, and it, it's not a Broadway stage. But. But it's more it's, important. It's a stage of, like, of, of you know, another dream. Yes. Another thing happening. Um, but to, for you to be in a room, I don't know if I could do that. That, that, that show, just being in the audience yes. was like, yeah. I can't believe I get to be in this audience yeah. when all these amazing people are on stage. So uh was there another valley after that? What happened in, t- in between there and going to At Hamilton? Hamilton,
2: there was a small valley, but not as bad as a valley. Yeah, um, Shuffle, of course, you know, there's a million articles and craziness about how we closed and what happened. <coughs> right. And it came out of nowhere because this was the first time... I was in a successful show sure. that got a closing notice and it it really kind of took the breath out of me because it was my first time I had like signed a lease and I was like, I had just got an apartment right. two weeks before we got our closing notice. Right. So, bank account was empty again. Right. And then I was like, okay, what am I doing? And at the time, like, kind of a, a, a total switch, um, the Black Lives Matter movement was starting. Right. And there were a lot of young black men who were being killed at an alarming rate and Shuffle Along was still going and I wrote this crazy Facebook post about being angry because I love my Broadway community Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know what they were doing for Broadway for Black, Li- Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And there was nothing happening. And I wrote a post because I like to go on Facebook every now and just rattle people. Sure, I just like sure. to say shit and just yeah, like yeah. poke the bear and walk away. how What stay. is
1: there for? And
2: <laughs> uh. I wrote this post like there's Broadway for Trader Joe's and Broadway for Shark Week and Broadway for Britney Spears. Yeah. Where's Broadway for Black Lives Matter? And I walked away thinking I'm going to make some people mad. And my phone blew up, and my Facebook blew up, and my Twitter blew up. And I was like, oh, shit, I've really made people mad. Right. But I hadn't made people mad. I had, like, excited people. Yeah. And all the comments and messages were, Amber, you're the person to do this. And I was like, I don't know what you're meaning because I had no idea and no yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out of that text came the first event that I ever produced, which was probably for Black Lives Matter. And kind of changed my life and i started a nonprofit organization so it was a different valley and it was like all of a sudden like i had a responsibility right and an organization and like a purpose not employed because mm. by this time you know shuffle closed, and i'm unemployed so i'm in a different valley right like this the hustle is back and the struggle is back and I'm how am I going to eat and how am I going to pay my bills? But this amazing event happened that kind of changed my life and put things into perspective for me yeah. as an artist, because for a while I turned 30 and for a while I had been trying to figure out my life
1: mm-hmm.
2: because. I, as an actor, have a very hard time finding purpose when I'm unemployed. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for me to get out of bed. I'm depressed, I just wanna eat ice cream. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this can't be the rest of my life. and I had been searching for what my other thing was going to be. And I didn't know if it had to be a job or I didn't know what it was. But I was like, I have to find out what else I'm supposed to do on this earth. Mm. And Broadway for Black Lives Matter and the subsequent um, organization that I started, Broadway Advocacy Coalition, was born in that valley and answered that question for me of this is your other thing. Yeah. This is what you're gonna do. So I am very grateful for that valley. Not all the valleys I'm grateful for.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But the valley between Shuffle and Hamilton was a great valley. Yeah. for me. Yeah. And put things in perspective. Yeah,
0: I mean that's a it's it's amazing that that's how that started because yeah. it's exactly what happened for me with Broadway Impact mm-hmm. and Gavin and, and I when Prop Eight was passed in California and they said people could had to stop getting married yep. if they were gay. I wasn't working and I was like, well, I I guess we've started going to the other groups, like human rights campaign saying, where do all the Broadway people go? And Mm. they were like, just do the same thing that everybody else does. And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. no, Broadway people can do a lot of really good stuff. So we should, someone, someone Someone. out there should start an organization. And it was like, oh, it's you, you (laughs) dummy. You're the one who has to start it. And I Always tell people that without a doubt the most important thing that I've done in this business yeah. and the most rewarding thing I've done yeah. is Broadway impact. Absolutely, it's making change. It's taking Absolutely. this community that we have that's so strong and putting it to work to see difference in the world. Yes, and that that's always through what what our talent is and, and, and performing and telling stories. Mm-hmm. But it can go much further if we're bringing people together. Absolutely, after we tell those stories and put that that knowledge that we we have into action um so what a wonderful i know that you're enjoying hamilton mm-hmm. more because you found another side of who amber is yes. and what she's capable of that, that's what i felt like for me after Bravo impact i had book of mormon and i've had this but i'm like but this isn't all of who i am Absolutely. i also make difference in the world yeah. by showing up for a good cause because that's what they don't that. teach
2: you in school right they don't teach you how to be a, a human a person being. yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, it's hard, and yeah. I know exactly that feeling of when you're not working and you don't have that identity, identity as an actor, just handed to you. Yes, you just want to stay in bed and eat all ice cream. day,
2: and it it becomes very hard because I, I mean, I've I've never had a an other job. Like I waited tables like two or three times. And I was like, yeah, that's not it. And I babysat, and I was like that. It's a very confusing and hard thing because you're an adult. Like I'm yeah. thirty, and I'm like I'm looking for side gigs. You know, yeah. most other lines of work. You know, if you're an accountant, you get with a firm, and you're an accountant until you retire. Right. And we are constantly looking for the next thing and constantly trying to figure it out and ask mm-hmm. answer mm-hmm. the questions. And it can be very exhausting. Yeah. Um. But once you find that thing, it liberates you in a way and like gives you life and purpose in a way that you didn't know you needed.
0: Yeah. You know. So here we are. In between shows. Here we Hamilton. are. Um, I, I, like I said, when you told me that you just wanted to be in a show that would last 100 shows, <laughs> rehearsals, here we are in show number 200 Two something. And something. Yeah. So many we've lost count.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does it feel to be in this show?
2: It's, it's, it's interesting it's like i finally got what i want (laughs) and 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 as actors even though i'm like in it i'm like okay what's the next thing and i'm like you wanted to get to the show you're in it and now you're already looking down the street to see what's next and it's just the acknowledgement of like are we ever i don't want to quote it but will we ever be satisfied (laughs) but it's like that's a part of of who we are as actors and human beings it's like i'm i was grateful to get hamilton because i could breathe yeah I could swipe my debit card and not hold my breath,
1: yeah,
2: I have more money in my savings account at, than I have ever had in my entire life yeah. i i i don 't even know what it does for you psychologically as an actor when you don 't have to worry, yeah. like I feel like it takes years off my life, yeah. <laughs> I feel like my skin is clear yeah. i 'm eating better, like yeah. i 'm just enjoying. a a break from New York just to be out in California. I've never spent time out here to get in my car and be able to go to the beach um, just to be able to have consistent work and to get to know some awesome people. I am grateful for Hamilton. You know, it it came at a time when I needed it. I needed a Hamilton to kind of show me this is possible. Mm -hmm. Like sustaining a life and career like this is possible. Mm -hmm. It wasn't I didn't really know that it was until Hamilton. And every show I get after this may not get to 200 and something. You know what right. I mean? This is not guaranteed, but I think I needed to see this. Just like I needed Soul Doctor. I needed to see those 99 shows. I needed a night at Janis Joplin to see what that felt like. Yeah. I, all of these are learning experiences for me. The valleys, I'm grateful for just as much as I am for the, the mountaintops. Yeah.
0: Well, I, as I, I've said to other people, members, our friends who have gotten Hamilton directly out of school, Mm -hmm. that it's such a wonderful thing, but it's also, that is also very scary. It's
2: very scary. Because...
0: You've you've hit those brick walls. Mm-hmm. You've had those valleys, mm-hmm. and you've been able to pick your feet self so up again. So yes, they're always going to come. Just yes. as that you said, they happen to Audra. They yeah. happen to all of us, and you have to learn how to get through them. I'm, and yes. it's, it's it's. I'm hard. grateful
2: that my first Broadway show was not a quote unquote success because I feel like I learned way more. Right. Doing Soul Doctor and Shuffle was like I was in a show that shouldn't have opened and in a show that shouldn't have closed, and I feel like I've learned the entirety of the broad. Broadway business and how to survive and function and be a human being from those two shows. I feel like going forward, there's nothing that can surprise me. There's Mm. nothing that oh, just you wait, Amber. Amber,
0: Just you wait. I got a few years on you. And those are some famous last words.
2: <laughs> you are right, let me take that back. I'm sure that things will surprise me, but I feel like I'm prepared a little bit yeah. more than yeah, yeah. I was in my young adolescence and naivete and just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's I love Broadway Great. and it's fabulous." And now I'm a mo- I'm an adult. Yeah. and I understand this business a little better, yeah. and I get it a little better and i'm I just it's like I now have a a coat of armor that I can put on to protect myself a little more because I was just wide open yeah and it's so easy to get your heart broken and get your you know, your dreams are dashed and you're like, oh my god now I'm like okay, I get it yeah I know how to move in this business right and be okay yeah yeah
0: yeah and you can enjoy being in Hamilton yeah I mean you're killing it every night thank you um I know that there are so many wonderful, wonderful things in the, on the horizon for you. I appreciate you. it. I mean, I, I see them. I don't know what they are, <laughs> but I see them. <laughs> and I know that there's going to be valleys, too. Yeah. You know? like It's always like we all have to figure out when our time with Hamilton is done, yeah. when it's when it's time to move on. Um, but you're going to be fine because... Y- especially because of your advocacy and because of what you've done, you, you know how to be a person. Yes. You know?
2: That's the most important thing. You know, for so long, it was just like, I gotta be an actor, I gotta be an actor. Yeah. I was like, I gotta be a human being. I First. gotta be a whole, complete woman, person, whatever. That's right. Because I can't be an actor if the rest of the part isn't figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. If If my home life and my personal life and my mental health and my emotional health, if all of that is not in line, like I can't come to work and do my job, right. so I have to figure out how to be the best Amber mm-hmm. I can be.
0: And before we go, um, one of my favorite Amber fun facts that I don't think other people know is she is a very big Nickelback back. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, we were. We were on a bus on the way to the Warriors oh, basketball championship game, where she was singing the national anthem with with uh, the Skylar sisters yeah. and Joshua Henry. Yeah. And we started talking about Nickelback, <laughs> and you literally launched into their entire Cannon. album. Yeah, yes. and canon, all, the entire you knew every song. I
1: knew.
0: Um, it was a beautiful thing. Thank you. That you know that it makes me very happy. It yes. came out of left field. Look at
2: this photograph. Yes every time i do it i love
0: thank you amber you don't understand what that that makes me so happy i appreciate i love sitting here in your dressing room thank you i love getting to know you better you're wonderful on stage and off and uh thanks for doing this
2: i had a blast rory thank you for having
0: me audition side job swimming upstream believe it or not you're living the dream